excited for this it's finally time it still feels weird as hell but i'm very excited yeah i mean i think uh before every major tournament there's always this i what i would call a negative news cycle just constantly about how the tournament can't handle the logistics and blah 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 like qatar has its own special you know pre-tournament complaints for obvious reasons and we won't get into that too much, but it's you know fucked up place. Is <laughs> really how you uh, would say it. But uh, once the games get started, I think you know it'll be World Cup time. Everybody will be into it. It'll, it'll be seventeen straight days of international soccer. In my opinion, the best tournament in the world. So here we go. Oh yeah. And it's it, it's it's weird too because like the summer there's not so much competition, and then now like you know every. Like, I guess myopic American that says, you know, oh, like, who cares about soccer? Who cares about soccer? You're going to see the ratings of NFL, NBA, NHL, all that's just going to drop. And you're going to see, like, how big this game is. And people are really, like, if, you, if you're not into it, if, whatever, be quiet. But if you want to come watch, you're going to love it. You know, I was thinking about this while I was raking leaves earlier today is we always see stats of, you know, Soccer watched in America relative to MLS versus MLB versus NFL. But I wonder, like, combining Premier League, Bundesliga watchers, MLS watchers, then what number is it? It's, it's got to be – it's quite high. Like, I know the amount of people that watch Premier League in the D.C. area is, is insanely high. People have a crazy interest in the game now. It, it is here. Oh, definitely. And then as you see, like, especially like lower leagues, as they expand USL championship down to league two, NISA, like as these clubs start popping up in these areas, you know, like El Paso here in El Paso, you have 6,000 fans per game at locomotive matches. Plus, you know, maybe another 3000 watching. So that number is boosted. And then you have teams, areas like that in San Diego, Oakland, all that stuff. So it's it's getting big and then um as far as like youth sports i think soccer is still one of the top youth sports that people play so people get that love early on and it's a safer sport than you know like football or anything like that yeah and then this renaissance is happening four years before we're hosting a world cup so i mean i i think it does i think the u.s team needs to perform for it to actually like take a little bit of uh, a grip sliding into the next world cup. Like they need to at least win, <laughs> win a game, score some goals and, uh, and get people hyped up a bit. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I uh, how are you feeling overall about the squad? Like what's your feeling about the USMNT heading into the tournament? I, I don't know. I'm, as we as we know, if you've listened to the past Bobcasts or or my appearance on Rooster and the Villain, I um I'm not a fan of Triple G at all. Um, there were some guys left Here off. And, game for him, Jake. Oh, Triple G, fuck. Triple G, fuck. Yeah. I um there was the the two guys left off. Um, I can almost understand uh pfock being left off because he had cooled off a little bit that's fine like he he gave greg an excuse to leave him off the the peppy uh 
roster or being left off the roster is extremely frustrating because he is hot. He's a good striker, real number nine, big kid. Performed in qualifying. Yeah, helped us helped us get there. Yep. From El Paso. Um, big fan of him, of his games. Um him being left off is just it's stupid to me. And then like a guy, you know, Jordan Morris. I yeah. Don't understand. It being him being on there and Pepe not. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I uh I have a soft spot in my heart for Jordan Morris a little bit because I thought he was one of the better players in 2018 qualifying. So there is a soft spot there, but yeah. Uh, Pepe was my guy. Pepe was my number nine, my preferred starter. I thought he did everything well. Link of play, dangerous uh, in front of the goal. Honestly changed the entire qualifying campaign when he came on in the Honduras game and scored those two goals. Oh, absolutely, yeah. As the turning point. Was it Honduras or El Salvador? I can't remember. Anthony Robinson scored, I think, that first opening goal. I want to say Honduras. This is pathetic. Maybe we move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, him him being left off is is just silly. The uh, the other thing that comes from that, in my opinion, at least, I was talking to a friend about that. Is you you could see reverberations of that when it comes to other dual citizen dual citizen players, especially the ones from Mexico, where it's we convince this guy, hey, come play for us. You're going to have a spot for us. We want you here. And then the World Cup comes up and he's left off the roster. And you get these other Mexican-American players saying, you know, well, why am I going to get disrespected like that? Yeah, I, I did hear that argument. But at the same time, uh, Mexico, I believe, hasn't sent anyone. They're not sending anybody under 23 years old. Yeah. It, it's like high. They, they have a very old team going. So at 19, Ricardo Pepe... You know, obviously, I wanted him to go, but he's not even close to the prime of his career. He's he's about to be like pre-prime in the next World Cup cycle. So, yeah, I, I think he has. You know, who knows what what pops up in four years worth of time too? Because you're looking at our four-year uh, ago team qualifying roster compared to what it is now. Like these are all new names. Like, yeah, yeah, you got to feel for Pepe either way, but. Hopefully he's the future. It would have been nice to see him on the world stage. Big bummer. Big bummer for sure. Okay, so one thing I was going to ask you about too was um, I, I grew up a Maryland fan. My, my entire family went there. I was obviously raised in North Carolina, but grew up a big Maryland fan. Um, how do you feel about um, Stefan being left off the roster? Yeah, that one that – one, I don't. I felt weird about it. it like almost personally, help hurt my feelings for Zach Steffen. You know, yeah. My uh, my feelers of empathy just just were firing. Like this poor guy was constantly on the team. Started a lot of the games in the World Cup qualifying. Played under Greg at Columbus Crew, and then it's just you know has either been the number one or the deputy for so long, and then all of a sudden just dropped to fourth string. At the World Cup time, yeah, that that was a head scratcher to me. I, I feel very bad for Zach Stefan. Yeah, that's it's. I think that's probably one of the crazier moves because I mean, like the Pepe thing, you can almost expect because of like what Greg expects from his team. There's competition but, up front. It was always it was never Pepe's guaranteed spot. 
Yeah. But like that was always the thing was Stefan is Greg's dude. Like that's Greg's dude. You know, Horvath or what's his name? Uh, Turner. Turner was playing MLS. That was the argument is Turner was playing MLS. Stefan is backing up Man City. He should go with Turner and then everyone say, no, Stefan's his dude. That's his guy. That's his guy. And then now he's not even there. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Especially, too, because it seems like he's had a pretty good run of form at Middlesbrough. Yeah. I haven't watched the games, but when you, you know, see the Twitter stats and everything, it seems like he's been playing pretty well. So you would have thought he hasn't been dropped in the last, I don't even know how long, three, four years? Like, when was yeah. the last time he didn't make a national team roster? It's insane. Yeah, he's been he's been playing on the team since the, what was his MLS squad? Columbus days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. It's just wild stuff. Yeah, and then he went to uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf out in Germany and played a bunch and was state our number one and dropped. Yeah. And now Matt Turner is the undisputed number one, which he should be. And I actually, I love Ethan, Ethan Horbath. And if you really want to talk rationally about it, wouldn't that be your preferred one too? Turner Horvath? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I am a very big fan of Ethan Horvath. When the uh, when he blocked that shot against Mexico, as soon as that game was over, I bought a trading card of his off of eBay. Huh. I was that was my uh, actually my Twitter pinned tweet for a while was him making that save in all caps. Ball don't lie, you mark ass bitches. <laughs> That's just, that save was uh, is in stoppage time against Mexico, right? In a yep. final. Yeah. Every oh. time Ethan. Every time he comes in, he just performs. Yeah, and that was that was was that was that due to injury to Stefan? Like Stefan got hurt that game, right? Yeah, was it was it during the game too? Did he come on late? Uh, yeah, he came or? on. He came on late, I believe, and then yeah. made those saves. And that that penalty was bogus, but he 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 came up strong. Yeah. So, sorry, Zach Stefan. Uh, yeah. A- any other big omissions? I think those are kind of the two. Like shockers. Yeah, I think that's it. for everywhere else was pretty much what I expected. I um, I'm pretty not not so much anti MLS as I am like anti Don Garber because I like I like that people like soccer. So yes. I, I try not to argue about it that much. Like I Tons remember being players in MLS. Yeah, I remember being kind of like weird at the amount of MLS players, but like someone that shows how much I pay attention to that league, like someone like Jesus Ferreira, I was like, what is that? And then I realized he had the most um, non-penalty goals in MLS this year. So that's pretty crazy for him. Like whatever, let's give him a chance. He's a tiny guy though. 5'8", 150, playing oh, another nine. I feel like uh... – you don't see that very much in, in, in Europe, like a small number nine. No, no, not unless it's like Messi is a false nine, but right. Yeah, right. you're not you're not gonna see that. Although I guess there are some smaller strikers, right? Like Danny Ings can't be that big. Mal Malpe for Brighton played in the middle. I think he was five nine. Yeah. But he had he had Chihuahua syndrome. He he thought he was a lot bigger than he was. <laughs> he did, he's always chirping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, right. are are you are you happy with the defenders? I know. Uh, I know. The last time I was on Rooster and the Villain, Tim Ream was a uh, a big talking point. 
Yeah, Jimmy hates Tim Ream more than anything in the world. And uh, if Jimmy was on this podcast, he's been talking negatively about Tim Ream to me for, I'd say, four or five years. I've been <laughs> just constant Tim Ream slander. Worst defender in the Premier League, <laughs> I, I believe, was, was some of his shouts about two, three years ago. And now he's 35 and performing at the best level he has in his whole career, which is crazy. And the and and the way he plays with Anthony Robinson on the same team at the club level is such an advantage on that left side that to me, don't tell Jimmy this, but he's my preferred he's my preferred left back, uh, left center back for starting next to Anthony Robinson just because of the familiarity. And he's playing in the Premier League. I I agree. Um, I uh, I'm not a big Fulham fan. Um, I know I know there's the American connection, but as a pro wrestling fan, I've been uh, programmed to hate Tony Khan, killing killing the business. But um, those those two have been really really fun to watch for for Fulham. And Fulham isn't performing too bad, if I believe. Yeah, the, yeah, they're like high mid table at the moment. Yeah. And then uh, Cameron Cameron Carter Vickers, I was excited about that. Um, you know, people in the same way, kind of that I guess us Euro snobs think about the MLS players. Like some some people will think, you know, oh, he plays in the Scottish league, but these these high level teams for these smaller leagues or whatever, they're they're still insanely hard to make the roster. Like you have to be good to be good at Celtic. Right, and you have to be consistent as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was nice, but then uh, you know, our defense gives me the most concerns out of anything on the field for sure. Yeah, I liked Zimmerman in qualifying. Obviously, he's to, he's a lock for everybody. I haven't heard anybody say that that Walker Zimmerman is not a starter on that that squad. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Right, right back, it's either Dest or. Shaq Moore, he's a right back, right? Like that was a surprise inclusion to me because he moved from where was it, the French league to uh, to MLS? I forget where he played. I think so. Hang on. Or was it? Uh, he plays. He plays for Nashville now. Nashville now, yeah. yeah. And he was involved in the Gold Cup run last summer and, and played very well, but he hadn't really featured much in uh, qualifying. So to me, that was a little bit of a surprise inclusion. And then Aaron Long, not surprised because Greg loves him, but everybody else hates him. Yeah. So is that – so Shaq Moore can play right back, Des can play right back, and DeAndre Yedlin is a right back as well, right? Yes, Yedlin. And then I heard a rumor of Weya possibly slotting in at right back because he played two games at right back for Lille. Really? Yes. I heard a rumor today about that. I don't know how I feel about that. He's no, he, seems no. be, he seems to be really good in attack for for Lille this year. Who's your preferred right back out of those three options? Ah, uh, or really two? It's I guess it's Dest versus Yedlin. Yeah, I got I got to go Dest. I think um I think the move to Milan is helping him, especially the just the the absolute disrespect of some of these top clubs is just insane to me. Like he he doesn't perform well. You have to be so on point and so consistent at those giant clubs or they'll bring in, you know, a damn near 40 year old club legend to try to replace you. Yeah. But he seems to be happy in Italy. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Des there. 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's our most flashy player there by far. Yedlin is a little washed at this point, if we're being, if we're being completely honest about it. Yeah. He, he did okay for Miami, and Miami had their little run, but I think that, more, that had more to do with the, the resurgence of Iguain than anything else. Yedlin, I like him because he's tough and quick and aggressive out there. But yeah, he's a little past his prime. I'd prefer, definitely prefer Serginho. But who's playing defense on that back line if Serginho and Anthony are on the field? Because then you're leaving Walker Zimmerman and Tim Ream exposed, which scares me a little bit. That that does make me nervous. The um, like the idea of attacking fullbacks with, you know, I mean, how old is Tim Ream at this point? He's got to be. 35. Yeah, that's. My age. Old fucking geezer. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, that, you know, that is always weird to me where it's like, oh, you know, he's. They, he's talk so about Met, they talk about Messi, you know, he's getting up there in age and it's like, oh, man, like I'm almost that age. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. Yeah. How old's Messi? Messi, I think, is either 34 or 35. Might be yeah. just be turning thirty five. Yeah, youngish. He's a youngish man. It's nuts how how quickly the the sport ages you out. But I know, I know. I think um, I think uh, the only thing that makes me feel comfortable with attacking with our fullbacks going into attack is the idea that you have someone like Tyler Adams who can drop a little deeper and fulfill like that destroyer role. Like, I, I do have confidence in Tyler Adams' defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyler uh, announced as captain today, which deservedly yeah. so. Has just been – the Leeds fans apparently love him very much so. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's one of the anchors of the USMNT, has been for so long. And, yeah, you're right. He will be a, a big help covering those two. And he'll be the speed that that back line needs to – to defend against uh, you know, quick, quick strikers and 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 the like that we're gonna face. Maybe some Gareth Bale, maybe some Harry Kane, maybe some Raheem Sterling. It's uh, scary. It's gonna be a little scary out there at times. I think. Absolutely, yeah. the The idea of Tim Tim Ream versus Harry Kane is horrifying. But yeah, I mean, he he does it sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things about that game that you would love to see. But let's 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 then move on to the midfield because now we covered goalies, defense. Let's let's move on up, and I, I think everybody knows what it is. It's MMA at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah those that this is this is the only group I don't feel any sort of nervousness about about like oh you know do we have to tinker here do we have to tinker there you know the three starters. And then the guys behind them, obviously you have – they. ESPN's labeled Brendan Aronson as a midfielder. I kind of feel more he's a he'd be a wing in this. That's what you, the U.S. official account announced him as a midfielder, which was just yeah. – it doesn't matter, but it was still weird that they did that. Yeah. I had always figured he would be – because, I mean, he plays as like a, a center attacking mid for Leeds. But yeah. I think he fits more. He'll play out on the right wing at times, right? Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, if if you've seen me on Twitter, or you've heard me on any sort of media. I love Yunus Musa. I'm a Valencia fan. I think Musa has 
he was already starting to blow up. And then the Valencia bringing in Gattuso as their manager, you know, a former defensive midfielder, deep midfielder, his him teaching Musa has just done wonders for his career. Musa looks better than ever. The Musa's guy's amazing. Insanely talented. He's yeah. we were missing him sorely over the last couple of games too. That was a big reason why we were so stagnant. And now he's back and healthy. He's and arguably, honestly, England fans would scoff, scoff at what I'm about to say, but I I favor our midfield versus the, their midfield. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think um and again, I'm I'm gonna sound like a homer if I'm a homer, whatever. Um, so U.S. fans listening to this shit anyway. So yeah, I think, I think you could stack our midfield up against almost any other midfield. And then the beautiful part of it is they're they're good now. In 2026, these are going to be world class players. Young, yeah, yeah. They are they're only getting better. Tyler Adams won't. I guarantee you, Tyler Adams will not be at Leeds long. No, Musa no. plays at Valencia, and more than likely he'll be in Italy. I believe yeah. at one of their bigger clubs, and then McKinney is yeah. at Italy right now. Superstars at Juventus in- too. Yeah, huh? so you're talking Juventus, Valencia, Leeds, midfield. Let's let's go. That's yeah. nice. And then honestly, Kellen Acosta is a lovely USMNT player. I if he finds the field, I'm always happy when he's out there. He's a He's a free kick specialist and very good at that. And I think an excellent center defensive midfielder. So that's, that's a nice one. And then uh, with him, you can, you can fit him into either of those three spots for, to give anybody a break. So I, I kind of like that addition. I was against it at first, obviously for my distaste for MLS players, but I, um, I've started coming around on him. Gold cup completely. Completely turned me around on Kellen Costa. I I gained a new appreciation for him last summer, yeah. And then it just continued on through qualifying because he he played well in qualifying as well, as did Luca De, De La Torre. He was yeah, the best ball carrier on the field by far, from box to box. There, not by far. Yeah, I like I like Luca. Another guy playing in Europe. Um, obviously Celta Vigo is sort of a bottom of the table Spanish team, but. Um, He's not getting much time either. He's not getting much time. Yeah. I mean, he won't be featured. He'll come on. Yeah, he'll he'll be sub. He'll be sub. Yeah. And then uh, Roldan will be there just for the vibes, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Him, him, he's one. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, did, did we really need him? And we could have brought Pepe. Yeah, bring Pepe, and then tell Roldan to just come as like quasi staff. Yeah. But, yeah. What are you going to do? And then, uh, yeah, forward group, who do you have starting up top there? So I think I would go – what I would do, I would probably Gio Reyna, Pulisic, and Wea. Mm. So hard to choose. Yeah, maybe maybe Geo is a super sub and Haji right in the middle if we are going to play with a like a nine. Haji's going to be a sub, I believe. Yeah. Although I could see against England where maybe set pieces are more of a priority where you would start Haji right. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that Greg will roll out Jesus Ferreira and then Pulisic on the left, Aronson on the right, and then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was looking at the. Yeah, absolutely. Aronson on the right. That dude. We we've talked about him before. That dude is a worker. Like I, I love that kid. He's super talented. Yeah, keep him on the right, Pulisic on the left, and then I guess he can go with whoever. Geo maybe in the middle. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I love Weah too. Like yeah. in the USMNT picture, I've I've actually always favored Weah over Aronson. But I mean you can't deny the week in, week out grind of the Premier League with, with leads and playing right wing. Yeah. But Weah will see the field. I think with the that won't see the field are like is it really just rolled on? There'll be a uh, last-minute like stoppage time addition in the third game. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll do it just to give him like his his moment. We we did not shout out Joe Scally on defense. Oh, that's right. Yes, that was a that was a good pickup. I think uh, he's one of the more underrated dudes that. Um, that's on this team. Like not a lot of people know about him. I, I barely knew about him. Um, one of the world football podcasts that I listened to, uh, the co one of the hosts, uh, is a Borussia Dortmund fan or no, not, Bar- I'm sorry. Um, I can't even say it. Gladbach, Mooch and Gladbach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I started watching him because she had t- said that there was an American on the team. The kid's super talented. But he's like 19 too. We're, we're the youngest or second youngest team in the field. I believe it's the youngest. Yeah. And that's with bringing Tim Reams old ass on there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know, man, my concerns, this is my concerns is lately we've been a little soft and I, I am, I fear that this generation is on such high level clubs that they will just not work as hard as former USMNT squads in the world cup. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully like they get just so hyped up and then it's the World Cup, they'll be hyped up as F. Fuck. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. I mean, what do you think is gonna happen against Wales? Um so I'm gonna go ahead and get it out of the way right now. Like the uh that little that little prediction thing that you posted on Twitter. Jimmy's doing all that. Yeah, I I did not pick a single CONCACAF team to make it out of their group. And I think I was maybe just being negative that day. I think I think there's a very good chance we make it out of the group. But like they're the thing with Wales that makes me nervous. I think we we are a better team overall. But Gareth Bale has that ability to just be a freak at the most random times. It's not just Gareth either, though. They have a good squad. Yeah. Keeper Moore, Dan James. They've got Ben Davies, Rodon from uh, both from Tottenham. That team is not a slouch. Like I, I think everybody is seriously underestimating them in the world rankings. They're not very far behind us at all. It's like within five spots of us. Like, that, that that roster. Is scary talented. Not scary, but but 
we are favored to win that game, but we could very easily lose that game. Yeah. I um yeah, that's I think that's the one that I'm most worried about because that like more than any other, like that is the must win because I think we all know no matter how big a homers we are, I think we all know what's going to happen with England. And then Iran, like you Wayne have to Rooney said, four nil. Was that four, Wayne Rooney said four nil, four nil. Oh, geez. Fuck him. We could beat England. I, I, not us. I believe we could, and I would love to do it because they always run their mouths ever since, what was it, the easy group or whatever? It's been since, like, 1772, Jake. They're oh, yeah. They're running their mouths at us. Yeah, yeah but, but, but in reality, <laughs> when, what did you say? Um, yeah, I was just saying, like, Wales, Wales more, than any other, more than any of these other games is an absolute must win. You have to get those three points to start off because I believe that we will pick up three against Iran. I don't think that's a gimme by any means, but I think we will pick up three against that. So you have to beat Wales. Because I think yeah, I mean, that, every game that every game in the group stage is so important. So yeah. many, it's just three games. So, so so many of the groups come down to the last day. It's not like Champions League where there's six games and like it could get stale by the last game. Every single game will count. So even if you get a result, if you get one point versus Wales, then going into England, you know, maybe one or nothing, but depending on what Wales does against Iran, you might just need to tie. Like, it, 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 people get through on two two points in goal differential at times, which yeah. is insane. Yeah, World Cup, soccer, and then, yeah. I, I got a crazy stat for you, though. Yeah. You picking your bracket, which I keep meaning to do. I just haven't had time to to, to get to it. Jimmy's been texting me about it. But when do you think the last time Mexico hasn't made it out of the group was? Have Have they made it out of the group? They've made it out of the group every single time since 1990. Damn. And in 1990, they were just banned. And the year before that, they made it to the final eight. They've right. made it out of the group for almost every like every World Cup since I've been alive, which is yeah. crazy. It's just crazy. So don't count them out. Yeah. I, I watched uh, Sweden and they lost in their friendly, but they looked very sharp. It's like a different kind of Mexico. They're um. Their their roster's really good. Like the obviously Memo Memo's a legend. Every yeah. everywhere I go here in El Paso now, they have that um that bimbo bread. And like uh they do like cakes and Twinkies and stuff like that, but it's all bimbo and he's on everything. <laughs> everything. And then you go you go and you buy, I think it's uh either Corona or Tecate, I can't remember, or the beer, his face is on that too. Nice. Yeah. Might as well at this point in your career, cash in a little bit. Oh, definitely. How that work. But yeah, he's, he's a legend. Their, their squad isn't bad, like mixture like of European and... Say what you will, I always root for CONCACAF. 
in the World Cup. I will be rooting hard for uh, Canada. I will be rooting hard for Costa Rica. Always do. And Costa Rica, historically, has performed pretty damn well in the World Cup as well. Yeah. I think they have a final eight. The – yeah, I never never understood that that mentality of like I want Mexico to fail, I want Mexico to fail. I want them to be really good. I want Canada to be really good. I want Costa Rica to be really good because I'm I'm tired of seeing crap on Twitter where it's, you know, oh, CONCACAF's a joke, CONCACAF's a joke. And like say say Canada falls off after this World Cup and doesn't get back to where they are right now. Say it's a two-team uh division or whatever yeah sure sure and if it is going to be a two-team division then i want those two teams mexico and u.s to be as good as they possibly can be go head-to-head all the time fight for all the trophies and then go do things in international competition right right yeah yeah i would argue that the top of Concacaf could hang with conmebol always yeah always I i think that copa america should be both Americas, and then uh, then we'll have an off off season uh, international competition. That's that's really actually worth something. Even oh yeah, the U.S. has not played a World Cup game in eight years. That eight is crazy. Years. Crazy. How old were you, and what were you doing eight years ago when you watched the last World Cup that the U.S. played? Eight years ago, that was what was it? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, Brazil which is a lovely location. I was in El Paso. I think I was leaving for Korea in October of that year. Huh. And I think I'm, that's, that was, oh yeah. Summertime in the army at Fort Bliss is your training pretty much the whole summer. And then they give you like two weeks of block leave which is like where you can, like I would always go home for five days and then come back and have the rest of the time to reset. And then they send you right back out into the desert to go train it again. So most of my world cup updates that year were from my phone that I secretly had out there. That's a bummer. Yeah. And then the world cup before that I was in basic training. So I remember I remember calling my dad because they would give you like five minutes to use the phone. You got your little phone card or whatever. They were pay phones. And um, so I dial it up and it's my dad's cell phone. And I remember hearing him at the bar. And I don't remember if it was him or I heard someone else, but I heard, fuck the Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to take that uh, personally, but Steenstra is a very Dutch name. I'm hundred percent Dutch, if you can believe that. Oh shit! Yep. Nice. The other uh, side is uh, Vaudenberg. So is that is that a team that you follow? Oh, absolutely. I'm a yeah. Uh, yeah if it's US one, Netherlands two, they're always good too. They've made three World Cup finals and have yet to win. Just a sad story. And they also missed the last World Cup. But I always remember that Robert Van Persie goal where he just flew like the Lord. Van Van Nisselroy was Dutch, right? He was, yeah. That dude was amazing. They have a good squad coming in to this year, and that group is is the easiest. But do you want to roll? Should we roll through the groups real quick and just make a few predictions uh, quickly? Is that where we are at at this point in the pod? Yeah, I'm down for it. 
All right, so Group A, you have you've got uh, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. Which two are coming out? Uh, I got number one, Netherlands. Number two, Ecuador. Ecuador, young team on the rise. Obviously, big fan of uh, Moises Casado. I think he's he's a future superstar in midfield. Yep, and then uh, Senegal could do it too as well because they won Africa Cup of Nations, but Sadio Mane. Sadly. Yeah, that's, that's a huge loss. One yep. of the best players in the world. Yep, out for the World Cup, which is very sad. Yeah. Qatar, I uh, was just listening to Men and Blazers earlier today, and it's very, I don't know, yeah, I guess interesting is the word. They were ranked like 150th when they won the World Cup bid. Oh, jeez. insane. But then they have since naturalized so many players, and they won an Asia Cup, and... Now they're like floating around 55th ranked in the world. So getting better and yeah. So the, you know, and you're hearing some stories of maybe some riggage and Ecuadorian players being paid by the Qatari government, which hate to see that. Hate to see that. Yeah. I hope it's not true. Uh, Group B: England, Iran, United States, Wales. So I. I predicted against this in the one in the the low prediction thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the fandom. England one, US two coming out of there. Alright. Okay. Do we beat Wales then? Yeah, I believe we beat Wales. I believe so too. I I really hope we score goals. I want to at least see some goals. If they lose, I need goals. Oh yeah. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. So I am going to go – Argentina is my pick to win it all. I think yeah. it's Messi's time. Um, I think uh, that would just be so great for all the weirdo Ronaldo stands on Twitter to lose their collective minds when he lifts the, lifts the trophy. I got Argentina number one, and I got – Poland number two, just on the just the the Terminator that is Robert Lewandowski. I think I he just that's the betting favorite in that group, right? It's gotta be yeah. Argentina and Poland for, for yeah. betters to come out of there. Yeah. But yeah, Mexico, I, I don't yeah, Saudi Arabia, I doubt has a chance at all. No. I think most of their players come from their domestic league, as does the Qatari national team. So Yeah. All right, so France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. France and Denmark are kind of the obvious picks there, right? Absolutely. Um, We were talking before the show about Benzema being hurt. And, you know, after looking at their roster, as as crazy as it sounds, the Ballon d'Or winner being hurt would decimate anybody else, but they're just going to fucking roll. They're so good. Yeah, because (laughs) – Benzema is kind of old, you know, like they have young attacking talent. Yeah, absolutely. Right and they're still, I, I bet it has not changed their betting odds at all. And they're right now the, the uh, number two to win the World Cup. Yeah. Back to back too, right? It'd be back to back. Yep. Yeah. We're in Mbappe in uh, Russia in 2018, which just to, just, just to say that out loud, like we've gone from Russia to Qatar yeah, back to back World Cups. Like, come on, FIFA. And it's 
Ah, we won't. We won't get into that. Yeah, we, we can though, because it does feel a little <laughs> bit dirty. All right, so we'll, we'll move on to Group E though. Every, everybody knows how everybody feels about it at this point, but as a soccer fan, I I can't help but but tune in. You know. Yeah. Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. So Spain is the team that the other team that I picked to make the final. I think uh, they're getting really underrated. Um, I've got Germany number one, Spain number two coming out of this group. I think this is going to be one of the tougher groups. Japan um, is a team that I pay attention to because of Mitoma from Brighton, super future, another future superstar player in the midfield, and then Costa Rica. I mean, we've seen goalkeepers keep us, you know, we've seen goalkeepers keep teams in games that they shouldn't have been kept in. And Kaylor Navas is one of the most disrespected players in world football right now. Oh, absolutely. Best yeah. player, best goalie in CONCACAF ever? Oh, absolutely. I think, well, either either him or Memo. I think Memo just didn't go to the heights that he should have. And Kaylor's, play, Kaylor's played on two of the biggest clubs in the world. So, And let's not forget that Costa Rica rode – that qualifying ender on a, on a hot streak. Yeah. They were a tough team to beat in qualifying the last half of qualifying. Yeah. They came from like very low on the table and then rose up and then won the international playoff and are always a tough out in the world cup. They really are. They're, they're a tough team to beat. Yeah. And I, I just think, um, like I, like I said, I think Spain ha- is going to make the final. They were my prediction to make the final to lose to Argentina. Um, but as far as like winning the group, I think this German club is is talented enough to win this group. You know, Sané, uh, Narbury, Kai Havertz in the attack. Like these guys, these guys are stacked. Yeah, it'd be, it would be surprising if it wasn't Spain, Germany coming out of that group. Yeah, and then um, Spain lost Jose Gaia, their left back to injury. They brought another guy up, a young dude. Um, and then it's I don't know. Too, La Liga is just flush with talent. Oh yeah, yeah. So then, uh, Group F, which is a, it, it's another one of my like dark horse favorite groups with Belgium, Canada, from Morocco, and Croatia. Croatia's I, getting a little bit older. Yeah, I um, this one was tough for me because, like you said, Croatia's getting older. I have Belgium one, Croatia two, but Canada yeah. on the back of Jonathan David can easily get that second spot. I, I kind of pick Croatia just because as, as a Valencia fan, I hate Real Madrid. I hate those dudes. The one dude from that squad that I love is Modric. I love watching Modric play. That guy is amazing. And I think, you know, with I him. loves Modric. more. That's her favorite player in the whole world. Yeah. 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 I, I love that dude. I love the way he plays his, his story. Of how he, you know, his his family almost got murdered by rebels and shit in that country, and then to the heights that he's achieved is just insane. You know, uh, Rooster and the Devil interviewed Alistair Johnston, Johnston, the starting right back of the Canadian national team. Really? Yeah, go back and listen to it. It's a great interview. We talk about like Canadian youth soccer and then how that Canadian youth soccer fed into NCAA certain programs and then his aspirations about maybe making the Canadian, uh, Canadian, yeah, Canadian, uh, national team. 
And uh, yeah, then he fucking did it, and it's a great interview. He's a, such a nice guy. I would anyone that's listening right now go back and download that, that episode. It's fantastic. I'll go check that out. Yeah, you gotta. Canada Canada has two of, in my opinion, at least two of the top ten players in Concacaf right now in Davies and uh, Davis. David. Yeah. David. Yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are phenomenal. Both playing on European squads. Um, Davies, obviously at one of the biggest clubs in the world. Like those guys are, those guys are really good. And then I'm still going to stick Belgium one, Croatia two, but Canada That's, can definitely get that spot. Yeah. I don't know much about Morocco at all. Morocco. I don't, honestly, I don't either. Um, their squad has some, some European players. Their, uh, their keeper plays for Sevilla. They have a lot of um, – they have some guys in Turkish league. Oh, Hakimi. Hakimi's one of the best players in the world. $100 million player for PSG. Mm. Oh, that's that's nice. As a right back. Okay. And then uh, Ziyech from Chelsea as well is on Morocco. Love Ziyech, actually. I liked him on uh, Ajax a lot. And then Chelsea just ruins everything. Don't they, Christian? I uh, I don't talk about that club anymore. Yeah, you shouldn't because who is Graham, that? I don't know her. Raider Benedict Arnold <laughs> Potter Potter. The the last thing I'll say about that is uh is four to one. So you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that must have been nice to see. <laughs> this the the fact that Premier League like. It's basically like part one and part two of seasons because yeah. they're off for – although they start right at Boxing Day again, like full slate, full bore. Oh, they're they're not going to miss that that advertising time. They uh, got to get that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World Cup ends like the 18th and then boom. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy World Cup. All right, so let's move to Group G. We got two more left. Uh, Brazil – Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. An interesting one for sure. So this one, I'm not quite sure about the Swiss team and the Serbian team. I went, obviously, Brazil number one. Just a ridiculous squad. Ridiculous. Heading favorite to win. Yeah. Vinicius, Neymar, two, like, two of the top five keepers in the world are Brazilian keepers, which is absolutely insane. Like, so I went Brazil one and I'll go Switzerland two. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know much about the Swiss. I know that, uh, old boy Shakiri is still playing. Yeah. From Chicago. I believe they have granite Shaka. I don't, did he yeah. make the roster? He did. I believe. Yeah. Well, granite Shaka. They're, a lot of their roster is more on the um, outside of the big five leagues. But um, they uh, I think they have some solid guys. Newcastle players, uh, Gladbach, Manchester City player. Yeah, so. yeah, so that's talent for sure. Yeah, yeah so that, yeah, I feel like anyone between Serbia – and then Switzerland and Cameroon, like you could kind of, it's a toss up between that second team coming out of that group, probably. Yeah. 
And then lastly, we've got Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea, which also might be the toughest group. Right yeah. There. It probably is the toughest group. Group H. That's group of death right there. I went Uruguay, or excuse me, because in case my wife hears me, Uruguay. Uruguay. Uruguay one, Portugal two. Um, I would love Ghana again, another team I'm paying attention to. Tyreek Lamptey switched his allegiance from England to Ghana. So he he's playing on the squad now. I don't know if he actually made I think he did make the team. But um I am a uh oh no, he didn't make the squad. That's a bummer. Um what I'm kind of hoping for and what I would love to see, obviously, because I am a noted Ronaldo hater, don't like him. Um, I would love to see his issues cause a fracas in that team and just cause all sorts of issues. There was the reports of him showing up to training and people didn't want to shake his hand and shit. Mm. I would love to see Korea and Ghana give them a shocker and someone else advance. But I think as things are, it's got to be Uruguay and Portugal one and two. Yeah. Yeah. I love a uh, r- shout out Rodrigo Bentoncourt from Uruguay, who I I think is playing the best out of any central midfielder in the in the uh, the Prem right now, which arguable, of course, but he's just been fantastic for Tottenham, the the, the best player on the on the squad every single week. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. yes, honestly, he'll be starting on the team, and then you've got uh, Cavani, Cavani, and then uh, Luis is coming back. Let's go. Let's bring the. I think. Uruguay is like one of those picks for a dark horse to, to maybe make a well, they, deep run. They are absolutely like absolutely a dark horse candidate. They're they're super stacked, very very talented players. Um, Darwin Nunez, obviously Liverpool guy. Um, Cavani is uh, pretty much single handedly dragging Valencia, kicking and screaming to wins in certain in certain times. Guy's been really really great. I actually. Um, Actually, if I ever score a goal again, I'm going to start doing the the bow and arrow celebration for my oh, one of the best celebrations in world football, right there. Yeah, when he was doing it at Man United, even I was like, <laughs> I was a fan. Like I loved Cavani at, at Man United. I I do not understand why Maxi Gomez is on the squad. I am extremely bitter towards him for his time in Valencia. The guy just wasted opportunity after opportunity, but. Whatever they want him, they got him. I, I think Uruguay is extremely talented. Yeah, but then you know South Korea's got some players too, and you never know. Yeah, that's, that's the best part about the World Cup. Upsets happen. Like soccer's a weird, is, um, game. weird game. Things can happen. Is your boy? Is your boy playing for them? For who? Um, from uh, from Benzinia? Tottenham. He's got to be in the squad. Is he not? He's on the squad right now. Rodrigo. I see former Valencia, Kang and Lee. Yeah, Hyun Min Song. It looks like he's got the... Oh, 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 oh you're talking about Sonny. Yeah, yeah, he's got the yeah. uh, the old face mask on. He's got one of those... Oh, he's going to play in a mask? He's going to play in a mask, yep. In an orbital fracture, so he'll be in a mask, but he'll be there. Yeah, I would love I would love to see Korea or Ghana take that number two spot, especially Ghana because I I have a soft spot for the African teams. I, I really want to see them start performing. Yeah, 
Honestly, CONCACAF, African uh, Cup of Nations, whatever, qualifying, and then uh, Asian teams, I would love to see any of them make a run. Like Anyone outside of what we normally see make a run is always welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Said it like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your pick to win it all? If you had to pick right now, it's hard. It's such a hard thing, but I gotta go. Betting favorite, I think Brazil is gonna win. Yeah, yeah. They're they yeah they look like a buzzsaw, man. They're they're they really do. good. But I don't know. Anyone could really win. Like I, I think all those European teams, Spain, Germany, England, all put up a tough fight. It is knockout tournament in in the final sixteen. So like anything can happen. Really, anything can happen. It's hard to win a World Cup. Only nations have done it. Oh, yeah. I I think with uh, one of the things I I really want to see, obviously, which is why I picked Argentina, is like you look at you look at Messi right now, who's, you know, whatever you think, whatever, you know, I understand there's the the Messi versus Ronaldo debate or whatever. And I dislike Ronaldo for off the field issues, but you should be happy as a fan that you get to watch that guy. Like we've gotten to grown up, grow up with him watching this guy play dudes, just ridiculous. And he's adapted into this playmaker role at PSG and he's back on form. Like he's one of the favorites for Ballon d'Or next year and stuff like that. Amazing player. He can do whatever he wants to do. And this is his team. And I think you're going to see the last performance of, superhuman messy at this world cup and it's going to be amazing and i'm going to try to watch every single argentina match i can do you want to know jimmy's theory what's that he thinks that somehow qatar and messi are now exchanging funds for to to fund a messy run to the final jimmy's pretty set on this theory. i wish i wish he was on to explain why he was so set on it but last i talked to him he thinks that Argentina will win for for oil money purposes. I mean, Argentina has the greatest player the world's ever seen, in my opinion, in Alexis McAllister. And he gets to team up with Messi, so. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, tucked right over you, over that uh, silly little quip you had. (laughs) But um, that actually, actually, that was another storyline that made me like Messi even more, was apparently some people from Argentina were confused by McAllister being included and Messi actually went to bat for him saying that he, he belongs on the team, which is pretty cool in my opinion. And you're damn right. He belongs on the team. Mm-hmm. That guy's, yeah, that McAllister's guy's every, every game started for Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. MLS just called in a, uh, an M- uh, MLS. Argentina just called in an MLS guy as a replacement on their squad. There's an MLS guy going on team Argentina. Oh, really? Yeah. Pavan? Is that sound right? Uh, they haven't added him on uh, which McCullough yet. I don't know. Nobody uh, nobody facts, fact checks this anyway. And the last beer is hit, so I think it is rant, uh, rant time and I have to go to sleep because I'm – I drink more than I usually do when we pod. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mine is uh, – I guess, I guess we can go there because that's kind of the only thing that's been weighing on my mind and I kind of wanted a platform to say it is I, I understand the mentality that there is now 
of you have to, if you're going to this country, you have to respect the customs. I, I get that now. That shouldn't have even been an issue because we shouldn't have even been doing this in this country. You know, like how you had mentioned Russia before and now Qatar. It's ridiculous that these these places are awarded these things. And then now we are forced as fans to if we go there or whether we go there or not, we are watching and we're essentially supporting these awful regimes. And it's just it's not right. Like football is for everyone. We shouldn't be going to these countries where we have to respect customs, where you can't show affection to your partner. You can't be a homosexual. You can't be an atheist. You know, it just it's ridiculous that we are giving these countries the the privilege of hosting the greatest tournament on Earth. Yeah, I mean, FIFA has a bazillion issues. and Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I think Men and Blazers did a good job of uh, of uh, showing kind of the dark side of the tournament. So I would encourage people to to tune in there and and other podcasts that talk about like you know what's fucked up about this World Cup because there is plenty and it sucks. Um, I'm gonna end on maybe some pop up shop stuff, and it's kind of the opposite. I, I believe in the growth of the game in the, in the United States, and I think that. Uh, some youth kids are going to get excited coming to this World Cup popup.com here. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think that the growth of the game is coming. DMV area, I hope, is uh, one of the best places in the world, uh, definitely in the United States, to, to bring talent into the national team. So very happy to uh, do it. So we'll see how it goes. I, I get jealous every time I see that indoor facility. Because I'm, I'm consistently blowing my knees out, stepping in divots on the field I play at, and it's outdoor, so I'm either freezing or sweating. And I, I see that field, I'm like, God, that's perfect. Like, I want to go there and play so bad. Yeah, they are pristine. They're five-a-side fields. They've got eight of them in there, and the fields are awesome. And they actually have, like, little video cameras mounted in the corner, so you can go back, if, if you're so vain, to go watch yourself play for the hour and, like, download the clips and make your own. Yeah. So five is awesome. That's, that's too cool, man. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll uh, catch you guys soon this week. Yeah.